Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Matt Dotre. I'm the government reporter for the Welbeck Avalanche Journal here with our election previews where I sit down with candidates uh, focusing this week on District 1 of the Welbeck City Council here with uh, Pat Kelly, who is uh, challenging Juan Chattis, uh for the seat. Pat, how are you? I am fine. Thanks for inviting me. Yes, sir. Thanks for being here. You want to talk a little bit about yourself, kind of introduce yourself? Yes, sir. My name is Pat Kelly. I'm a lifelong public servant. I have a, a passion to force civil service. I'm a uh, Army veteran. I'm a retired police detective for 30 years. Uh, I coached uh, youth baseball teams. I graduated from a uh, from, uh, Wayland Baptist University with a degree in criminal justice and psychology. I have been a successful businessman with strong financial and budgeting experience. As you know, I'm, a, I'm in construction, I'm a builder, and I have a passion for affordable homes. I've built four to four affordable homes in District 1 and District 2 in the Lubbock community and some outside of District 1 and District 2. And also, I've built many affordable homes in surrounding communities. That's basically, in a nutshell, okay. my life Okay, story. yeah, well, long list there. Um, and, of course, I've seen you more and more at city council meetings, work sessions, uh, really kind of public political events lately. What, what kind of sparked your interest in that? Well, I, I've got to know my opponent, uh, who I am running against, and I've had many, many conversations with him about uh, – wants and needs in uh, District 1 and throughout the city, but primarily in District 1. And for about the last year, a little over a year, I've had extensive uh, communications with him about maybe uh, uh, doing some projects in uh, District 1 with affordable housing and stuff. Well, I just wanted to keep uh, track of what was going on, so I started making the city council meetings, uh, attending meetings in different communities uh, in the District 1. So I just decided I want to really uh, take a shot and see if some changes can't be made in uh, District 1 and the city because I'm real concerned about the lack of uh, productivity that's going on in the district including the whole city, especially with the financial situation we're in. We're $1.5 billion, that's with a B, in debt. Yeah, yeah. And if you talk to a member of the city council, they'll say, well, that's majority for water. And, of course, you know, no one's complaining, <laughs> complaining about the water. And, and they'll say that it's for things like stormwater projects and things like that. I mean, do you think some of that debt was... Can you point to any specific part of that debt that you feel like was unnecessary? Well, I, I, I can, but this probably is not the time to do mm -hmm. that because we're going to roll out a, a new budget. I looked at the budget uh, extensively for last year. I am going to propose that we at least look at reducing it 10%. I mean, I, I think foreseeably we can do a 10% reduction and keep the same uh, keep the same uh, uh, services that we provide. You know, it costs tax money uh, to run a city. I'm not here to say we're going to lower taxes. What I'm here to say we need to spend what we got wisely and not uh, on special projects, pet projects. 
uh, I won't elaborate too much, but uh, most people in the city has their uh, has their uh, property taxes uh, 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 mailed to them uh, last week and the first part of this week. And I can tell you, mine went up 10%. I mean, and that's the maximum allowed on Homestead, but people don't realize if your tax, uh, your your uh, value of your home go up 10%, your, your taxes stay the same, but you're paying more in taxes mm -hmm. because the effective tax rate. But what they haven't thought about, and, and, and I thought about this, when your valuations go up, so do your insurance. Your property insurance goes up. So a homeowner gets a double whammy. Yeah. They people haven't thought about a significant increase on your uh, your insurance premiums. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So absolutely and that appraisal creep is real and it continues to go up in Lubbock. Of course, now the city doesn't have anything to do with the appraised value, but so are you proposing that the city needs to lower the tax rate to the effective rate each year? That's exactly what I'm okay. saying. You hit the nail on mm -hmm. the head. The city's not control the appraisal district and the the numbers they put out, but we can adjust our tax rate for an effective tax rate, which will actually, I think we can still provide the same services this year as we did last year by lowering our taxes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah, I'm I'm no mathematician, but but you talked about decreasing city spending ten percent. Now, if the city budget, I think. I want to say that's like 600 or yeah, 600 million. That's just a guess, but I think that's pretty close. 10%. I mean, we're talking $60 million. That's pretty, that's pretty significant. Can you talk about any specific areas where that cutting would take place? Well, I would like to sit down with the budget and the other city council members. Once I get uh, elected to city council, I think we can do it, or we can make a shot at it. I, I really do, because you got to understand, uh, we're going to have increases. We're going to have three substations for police. We're going to have a main police station. We've got to consider uh, the cost of, of Citizen Tower, all that. So until we actually get exact figures, it'd be hard, but I think we, we can my goal will be 10 percent. okay you know that's what i think we can look at okay and are you in favor of those things you mentioned police substations citizens tower i am uh i think we're big enough in the city of lubbock to be i, I was proponent of that when i was at the police department okay. <laughs> we need substations yeah. we tried as you might not know years and years ago we put like 7-elevens like parkway and zenith we had what they called a substation there was actually inside the 7-Eleven. That wasn't a very effective program, but I think if we have a standalone building with police presence 24 seven, just like you would downtown, it would help the community. I'm a big proponent of community policing and that, that sure would go a long way with the community. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know just looking at your campaign contributions, it seems like you have a lot of support right now from the business community, specifically the, the downtown business community. Can you, 
Can you talk, kind of talk about, you know, the city's role in downtown redevelopment and kind of where you're coming from on that and whether or not you're in favor of this public improvement district that's recently been brought up? I, I'll love to. As you know, I'm a property owner downtown. It's not hitting. I own property downtown. So I do uh, know about the CBD TIF, Central Business District TIF. We do need uh, some help from the city on that. You know, uh, the city is so old, the infrastructure is so old downtown that we do need the property owners such as I to step forward and make some improvements. I don't think the city itself should be carrying the debt of downtown revitalization. Mm -hmm. I do, as a property a business owner downtown, think that uh, the business owners need to also foot some of the bill. Now that's the TIF. You know, it was, it was created in uh, 2001, the downtown mm -hmm. TIF. Uh, it went to 2021. They extended it now to 2041, I believe. And for fiscal year, fiscal year 2017-2018, the revenue was $1,488,614, which is up 28% from the previous year. That money, uh, should be used for downtown redevelopment, you know. So I, I agree with that. And it is right, and it is, and it's increasing because the the property values in downtown are increasing, increasing, right? And they're that, capturing that extra that, revenue. That's correct. That's, that's correct. exactly yeah. what you yeah. understand the mm -hmm. system. That's correct, mm -hmm. and that's why I'm a proponent of downtown revitalization, and with the TIF. However, you asked about the PID, yeah, the Public Improvement District. I uh, I'm not opposed to the uh, the pit itself I i'm not most downtown owners are not against the pit they just wanted a beginning and end date caps on the taxes no bonding ability and representation from the owners and not just the big owners i'm talking about the small business owners such as i and 90 percent of downtown yeah. are are small business owners and we wanted some say so in the pit not thrown on us as I'll, I'll repeat that i am not against the pit i was against the way the pit was uh, presented to us which was presented uh, just from the outside looking in it just seemed like it was presented very quickly and hurriedly and you know there was a few public hearings and i haven't heard much of it since i mean can you kind of what's going on in the business community what are the discussions going on now and because of the public hearing there was not what you just mentioned there was not a beginning and end date there was no caps i mean is that is, could that become part of the pid uh yes uh matter of fact uh we did some research in uh uh, several other uh, Texas cities, and uh, uh, they have usually most of them have start and end dates, usually seven to ten years. Although there are some with fifteen years. Uh, uh, just just looking at my notes right here, there's only uh, two of them that had a point one eight uh, valuation per one hundred dollars, and that was on South Congress Street in Austin. Mm -hmm had a 20%, downtown Dallas PID was 15, downtown Fort Worth was 0125, downtown Waco was 10%, it goes on and on. Uh, 
we just I especially just have some questions about why I had we had three different tiers and understand the boundaries was drawn up to coincide with the uh, with the TIF. Mm -hmm. However, looking at that map, it runs from uh, Buddy Holly to to the east all the way to uh, to a university, just north of Marshall Sharp Freeway, and and it ended at uh, just north of Third Street. If you knew Lubbock very well, that is predominantly uh, retired folks living there, fixed income people. Uh, they couldn't afford a uh, 0.15 or 0.10 PID increase because they're already paying a TIF, yeah. even though they're not downtown. And these are residents these that are we're residents, talking about. Homeowners. Yeah, not. And that's one of my concerns when I was driving around. I, I love to drive around uh, Arnett Benson, Guadalupe, mm -hmm. Jackson, Mahan. I love because I've, I've coached kids in that neighborhood and just kind of keep my eye on, on what's going on and talking to the, uh, the residents of the neighborhoods. They're concerned. Some of them's already sold out. As you know, a lot of that land is already uh, bare land. Houses have been knocked down. There's a few houses still still there. So I have concerns about uh, displacing homeowners, especially senior citizens, from being a homeowner on fixed income to a renter because yeah. they didn't get enough for the residents to buy another house mm -hmm. to be a, a homestead. That is one of my major concerns of uh, uh, District 1 in Arna Benson area. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, ju just uh, to kind of finish up on downtown, you know, okay, so in support of the TIF, yeah, you have concerns about the PID. I mean, just kind of overall big picture, do you feel like the city is doing enough to revitalize downtown, or are they doing too much? You know, is the city getting too involved? My personal opinion is our master developer uh, has not done enough for what we're paying him for. Uh, his uh, contract expires, if I remember right, December 31st of 2018 this year. And I have the copy of it here, and we're paying a significant amount of money, but I, I, I still think you know, we've made great progress, I can tell you that. We have a lot of infrastructure uh, being completed. But what I don't see is a lot of uh, buildings being rehabbed and stuff. I just don't see that. But when you have a master developer, and I'm not criticizing the master developer we got, but in, in all, we're paying somebody what, what we're paying for. I, as, as a, a taxpayer, except, expect more things to be done. We're paying $840,000. $840,000 for a five-year contract of downtown. That 840000 And that's total, right, for the total five years? Yes, yes, but yes, they have yes. some incentives for the okay. first three years. You add another 60% on the, the final two years is 30 yeah. additional 30% incentives and stuff like that. But we'll just leave it at 840000 mm -hmm. I think that could uh, needs to be a lot more done downtown uh, with that. As you know, mm -hmm. we have a leader that we're giving, if I've got my numbers right, about $10 million dollars. Uh, for Lita, mm -hmm. which part of their mission this time is the downtown facade and grant 
permit grant. Mm-hmm. They've got. Uh, I've been offered. Uh, I've been offered money, just like all the other businesses downtown. I uh, not, not going to accept the money. I'm putting my reconstruction or my remodel out of my own pocket at this time. As you, you probably go by my buildings, you can see I'm doing some of it myself with my own money because I believe downtown needs to be revitalized. But I also believe that some of the businesses downtown need to step up and, and do some on their own also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you think if you were elected on the city council, you would you would kind of seek out those businesses and kind of, you know, what's the role of a council member? Is it to encourage that? It is, especially in District 1. Downtown is part of District 1. Yeah. So saying that, I would reach out just like I would reach out to the other neighborhoods. Let's do something. Let's get something moving in, mm-hmm. in your neighborhoods. District 1 is the most diverse district in Lubbock. It runs from the north uh, by the airport all the way to about 63rd and South Avenue Q. It reaches every aspect of the community. Uh, the demographics are, you know, you got Lubbock Country Club, Hillcrest Country Club, you keep moving south, you got Arnett Benson, Jackson, Guadalupe, Mayhan, then you got Overton, South Overton, I can go on and on mm-hmm. right on up there. It's the most diverse community. So as a council member, I feel it be my responsibility to have public meetings in all the neighborhoods, not just one neighborhood. Because we need a, even a Lubbock Country Club, where I live at. Uh, my street has no, no lights. It has no curb and gutter. I'm not complaining. Look at my tax bill. I'm not complaining because there is some neighbor neighborhoods in District 1 worse than mine. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need to address. Yeah. And can you kind of talk about that, you know, because your opponent lives in the Guadalupe neighborhood. And I'm sure I'm sure to many you're kind of seen as an outsider. I mean, you live you live in the neighborhood up by the up near the country club and district one with Arnett Benson in the Guadalupe neighborhood, these kind of historic neighborhoods. You know, how can you help revitalize those neighborhoods and kind of what are the needs of those neighborhoods? I've been doing I've been doing it for going on thirty years. Uh, like I said, in District One and District Two, I built forty four new affordable homes, uh, countless number of remodels. So I know the area. I've been out walking the neighborhoods, talking to the community about you know this election, how they feel about it, and I did some of that before I even decided to run. Be honest with you, and that was one of my decisions to run. Um, you say I'm an outsider. I, I live in a different area, District One, than they do. But my wife is Hispanic. I, I think you know that. So I do have that culture uh, with the uh, minority community, and it's predominantly in certain sections minority. So I'm out visiting with the folks. You know. I coached her kids in baseball. I coached her kids in basketball. So you can call me an outsider, but when I walk to neighborhoods, many of them know by my name. It might be Officer Kelly, Mr. Kelly, Pat, whatever. I'm known in the community. And that's what I I would like to see uh, come early voting and on May 5th. Let's, Let's get out and let's make some changes. There's a lot of discord right now 
in uh, the community about what's not being done. So I'm taking it upon myself to be an advocate uh, for District 1, the whole District 1. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what kind of... What can be done, you know, from the city council's role to kind of clean up the neighborhoods in District 1 and revitalize those neighborhoods? Okay. What we really need to do is focus on the abandoned buildings. Uh, We have, uh, uh, in District 1, unpaved streets. We have streets with no lighting. So we need to focus on that. Then we need to focus on on, uh, for instance, clean up the neighborhoods. You know, we find uh, trash, uh, I'm sorry, mattresses by trash cans. We find sofas, television. If we can, in strategic locations, put roll-off containers, which will be owned by the city of Lubbock, we have them. In uh, strategic areas for uh, bulky items. I think their neighbors, instead of leaving it, by the uh, by the dumpster or the person who's driving down an alley in a pickup truck or or whatever and just dropping it off if there's a a uh, roll-off container that's one of the big trash containers uh strictly placed they will take the trash to that container we need to focus on cleaning up our neighborhoods mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah um there's a pretty contentious vote a couple months ago about the proposed development south of the Guadalupe neighborhood, uh, the Kent Hans development, the um, senior low-income housing project. Um, would you, in, I know you attended those meetings, you spoke publicly at uh, at least one of those meetings, would you have voted for that zone change? Uh, Juan voted against the zone change. Yes, I would have voted for the zone change. I'll, I'll tell you, I would have because that's progress. However, I didn't like how it was handled. I spoke to Juan about it publicly and privately. I don't think it was handled right. Uh, I spoke about it last night, matter of fact. They had a meeting at Mahan Library. I was there, uh, gave my input on that. Now, I have an issue with transparency and ethics. Uh, if in fact they wanted to do a low-income housing project, that's fine. The uh, the community, the Guadalupe community, did not want that. They have a right to voice their concerns. However, we all well, I know and they know because it happened in East Lubbock over there that they took one of these projects that was supposed to be in the senior citizens. And if you'll go over there, and I did, and two city council members, Latrell Joy, uh, when it was one of them, and Sheila Patterson Harris went over there and actually walked around Emory. Mm-hmm. That was a tax credit, uh, mm-hmm. which, which this is. And I've got photographs of it where it's not senior citizens like they claimed it to be. Mm-hmm. The security is horrendous over there. The, the gates aren't working, lighting's not on. So that's what I think some of the citizens in Guadalupe is concerned about. I'm concerned about mm-hmm. that. I'm not overly concerned about a low-income housing area if it's maintained up to standards. I don't want to see one that will be there and it goes blighted 
is uh, just makes that. There's a lot of proud people who lives in uh, Guadalupe, I, I can tell you that. Mm -hmm. So their concerns is what that would bring. I don't have that concern as much how Latrell Joy uh, had uh, stipulations to, uh, I think he was there, I yep. was there. Uh, the councilman from that district didn't make that stipulations. Latrell Joy, who is another council person, made the stipulations, and I think that will improve. I've talked to some of the people in Guadalupe. Some of them are still, they don't want anything. But the fact is, if it's going to bring uh, economic development, it's going to bring housing, that's a start. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um Thoughts about the Coliseum vote about to happen. Um, are you in support of the city abandoning the Auditorium Coliseum? As a business person, I am. Simple reason, if we're losing money, if I was losing money in my business, I would look at ways to, to save my business. Here, in fact, if we're losing $700,000 as a business person, I think we need to consider that. You got to take the emotions out of business sometimes, and I love the place. My kids graduated. I think you graduated there. I think you're old enough where you walk the stage there, I believe. So you got to take the emotions out of it and, and look at it, you know, as a business mm -hmm. sense. If in fact, as, as I'm a builder and I understand uh, uh, issues in ADA, when ADA kicks in, the the price of remodeling is astronomical mm -hmm. and that will take place here you'll need elevators you need a lot of ada stuff we, we won't go into however it's going to be left up to the voters you know they got a tough decision to make if they want to abandon it and give it to texas tech university or if they want to keep it and then if that's the case we really got to do some innovative ideas of where we're going to get money mm -hmm. to uh, to remodel it. Because sitting there losing seven hundred thousand dollars isn't a very isn't a prudent thing to do. However, I was thinking the other night. You know, we cannot sell it to Tech. Mm -hmm. Have you thought about? I did the other night. Maybe trading them dirt for dirt that land because it's the most valuable piece of land that the city owns is Lubbock Coliseum land. Think about this. We can't sell it to them. I would look, like to look at the options of maybe trading that property for some other property that Tech owns. We did that with Lubbock Landmark, if you remember, with, uh, I believe it was the Burl Huffman Park. I haven't spoke to anybody about that. I just thought about this last night. Yeah, I heard that. Uh, yeah. Interesting, you know, but I almost feel like Tech's doing us a favor in, in the fact that they, they would demolish the building, the, you know, the, the $4.5 million, they would demolish the building at their own cost. In that aspect, they're almost doing the city a favor, wouldn't you say? Yes. Uh, if, if the citizens vote to abandon it, yes. Mm -hmm. We have to uh, make sure that the uh, uh, tech will, will spend every penny. We don't need to spend any money demolishing. If we're going to give it to mm -hmm. them, abandon it and give it to them, they need to foot that bill. I mean, there's no question about that. It has to be done that way. Yeah. But tech is going to come out. Uh, 
I believe that there's probably going to be a uh, $30 million dormitory going to go. Tech is expanding. They're growing. Mm -hmm. A lot of their, uh, their students are moving off campus. Mm -hmm. It's costing them money. If, in fact, my kids went to college, I know what it costs to, to put them in dorms. <laughs> so they're going to uh, get the land and put multi-million dollar uh, dormitory on yeah. there. That will make them money. So in the long run, they're not going to lose money mm -hmm. by demolishing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, again, you you know, downtown property owner, you've low-income housing, you've built many of those. Um I mean, tell me, so if you were elected, if, if, would there be any kind of, would you have to recuse yourself from some of these decisions? Is there, have you talked with anyone kind of about the, the ethics of being elected to the city council? And is that something that citizens may, maybe should be concerned about? No, I wouldn't be concerned about it because like now, uh, we have business people on the council. The problem, the city council, you, you have to have business sense. I mean, you got to have some business sense uh, to be on the council because most of it is business dollars. I'm looking at your tax dollars, where to spend them. Uh, so yes, I'll have to recuse myself from some things. There's not a question about that. And I'm a very ethical person and transparent. That's why I was up front with you. I am a business owner downtown. Mm -hmm. But some of the people on the city council now and the leadership of Lubbock uh, owns property downtown. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's just a fact of life. Mm -hmm. You know, what happens if you lived in Southwest Lubbock? You got the same deal. I mean, to be a, a council member, you should have ethics mm -hmm. and be very transparent yeah. about uh, who you support. Mm -hmm. Very good. Uh, Pat, anything we didn't get to? Any, anything else you want to talk about? Any you know, more ways in which you, you separate yourself from your opponent, things like that? Well, my, my biggest problem with my opponent, as you see, I won't go over about my, uh, my uh, uh, public servant and all that again, but the issue I've got, I'm hearing from constituents when I'm walking the streets of uh, District 1 is that my opponent is not known Right now, he doesn't get out in the district and communicate with the people. He doesn't, uh, he's un just unknown to the constituents uh, in Lubbock. You know, he doesn't get out and interact with them. It seems like he's distance when he gets out of his little neighborhood where he lives at. You go in other ones. I walked in a district, uh, a precinct in the west part of District 1 and knocked on 100 doors, and I'm not over exaggerating. One person who uh, knew who their district uh, uh, was. I mean, the council member should be known. He should get out there. He should have town hall meetings. He should get out and, and visit with folks, mm -hmm. see what their wants and needs is. That's one of my, my issues while I'm running. I don't see a whole bunch of interaction with this uh, current uh, city council member. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's one thing about me. I'll get out and visit right. people. They don't, they don't see me. Uh -huh. Very good. Uh, well, very good. Pat, that's all the questions I have. I, I sure do appreciate your time. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Yes, sir. And early voting starts April 23rd. 23rd, Election Day, May 5th. That's correct. Yes, sir. Very good. Thank okay. you, sir. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Appreciate it.